gospel, according to St. John from the first chapter. Glory to you, Lord. The gospel reading this morning is from St. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1647. John 1, 29 through 42. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God! And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went, and they saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> do you remember when I made you guys do this? We'll get ready. Today, I, I need you to be eyewitnesses for me. Can you do that? 
I knew you could. That's Mr. Rogers very poorly done. Here's what you need to do. When you hear me say any word that has to do with seeing, I need you to put your hands up like this, like a pair of glasses or like binoculars, okay, like this. All right, let's see if you can do it. All right, good. <laughs> good one, Bob. I can't make my arms do that anymore. <laughs> so here's what will happen. You're going to, as I read, you're going to listen for words like see, saw, watch, and look. Okay, got it? And I'll kind of clue you in. All right. Are we ready? Here we go. It is important for us to keep up with what is happening around the world, wouldn't you say? We uh, have many ways of, of seeing what's going on. Seeing. Very good. And the ways that we keep watching, we look at the news. I, I, I really love you, and I thank you for doing this for me. Now, a typical news broadcast <clears throat> may have several live on-the-scene reports. The announcer might say something like, fire destroyed a downtown business today. Channel 13 Eyewitness News reporter Art Vandelay is at the scene. Art? And Art would say, thank you, Bob. I am talking with Phoebe Buffay, who witnessed the fire. Phoebe, can you tell us exactly what you saw? Oh, you are good. The eyewitness would then tell everyone what she saw. It really helps us to understand what happened when we have an eyewitness report, don't you think? Even though there was no TV during the time that Jesus lived, eyewitness reports were still very important. For example, one day John the Baptist saw... Jesus coming toward him. He said to the people with him, Look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I told you about. He also said, I didn't know he was the Messiah, but when I baptized him, I saw... The Holy Spirit come down from the heavens like a dove. It came down and landed right on his shoulder. I saw with my own two eyes, and I tell you, this is the Son of God. And when the people heard John's eyewitness report, it helped them understand and believe that Jesus was truly the Son of God. Okay. Great job being eyewitnesses. And you can stop making glasses now. Most people come to know about Jesus because someone else tells them about him. Perhaps it's their parents or a Sunday school teacher, 
maybe a pastor or a good friend. I want you to think about this, but who is someone who has told you about Jesus? Maybe it was your parent, uh, maybe a friend of yours or a teacher. I want you to picture in your mind and that event, if you can, when you heard about Jesus for the first time, do you remember? You know, these peoples who you named in your heart and in your mind, they're being obedient. They have given an eyewitness account of how Jesus changed their life to you. And God invites us all to be part of his eyewitness team. Now think about this. What would you tell someone about what Jesus means to you? What would you tell them? Are you prepared? This is a petition that I have, a prayer, if you will, for you that may we always be prepared, always be prepared to provide every man, every woman, every child an answer to who is the author of our faith, your faith, to testify of the one who gave his son for all who believe, to boast of the one who resides in you. So let me ask you this. How'd you like my little presentation there? It was kind of cute, right? Yeah. It does rehash the theme that we hear over and over again. Some, some may say, yawn. When you hear the words of John the Baptist, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's John 1, 29. This confession of John's, this confession is the axis, the center point in the divine service where saints just like you in every land contemplate the fact that Jesus bears the sin for the whole world. Lamb of God that takes the sin of the world. Listen to me now, please. Listen to me now. When you hear before the institution of the sacrament there, when you hear it is right and salutary and so with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn Holy, holy, holy Lord. This, right there, is the moment where saints of every land contemplate this beautiful fact. Jesus bears the sin of the whole world. We do that together. Here on earth with the hosts of heaven. And in the aftermath of the Anus Dei, the Lamb of God, that's what that translates to, 
Believers anticipate receiving the bread and the wine of the Messiah. This divine forgiveness food sustains you. It sustains our faith until we too, we also are found guiltless in the day of our Lord. This is no cause for a response of, <sighs> yet some Sundays, some Sundays we may sense at the point where, holy, holy, it's like, <laughs> we are almost ready to get out of here. Bread, cracker, a blessing, and I, out of here. Let me remind you of something else. The first sign and wonder of Jesus was at the wedding in Cana. John 2.11 says, This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. John 2.11. You see, Jesus fills jars with more wine for people who've already had too much. Did you hear me? Wine. Water into wine. For people that are already been drinking too much. And I think that's done on purpose. Jesus turns water into wine for anyone who ever left church, went to eat lunch, and then realized that they felt exactly the same way as they did earlier this morning. With all the same problems. And all the same vices. The event recorded by John, the event was called a great sign. This event, it is said in John's words that it manifests God's glory. And what we see here is this. He threw good after bad. The best wine, heavenly wine, to people that already had too much of the world's wine. He sent good wine to drunk folks. Our God sends good gifts to sinners. In our condition, your condition, my condition, Sometimes we, we don't care enough. Sometimes we will not improve enough. Sometimes we won't learn enough, these enoughs that we put on, ourself, on ourselves. But that won't stop God. God gives good gifts to his children. He gives more gifts to you. He gives more mercy to you. He gives more forgiveness to you, and it's not because it impresses anyone. He didn't do this miracle that manifested his glory in Cana 
in the wedding at Cana, he didn't do that to impress anyone because the sign was done in secret. It wasn't advertised. Hey, check out my son. Look what he can do. It was done in secret. That water into wine. And God doesn't give good gifts, mercy, and forgiveness to you because people earn it by making responsible choices or being good. Jesus does this great sign because it was the third day. It's that was the day of celebration. It was that that was the day Christ rose from the dead, the third day after paying the price that we couldn't and that we wouldn't pay. And Jesus gives in this church for the same reasons. That wine, that water into wine, was not just a a beer run from on high. That was demonstrating that he can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. And he's doing that in you and for you right now. And Jesus gives gifts to this church for the same reasons. It's, it's a celebration. He gives good gifts for sinners regardless of what they've done. And however empty we may feel, whether you feel it or not, notice it or not, or appreciate it or not, yawn or not, there is good wine there. It is the blood of Christ for you, shed for you, his body given for you. Are you ready? Are you ready for that forgiveness, that good gift? Come, the table is prepared. In the name of Jesus, amen.